Maybe you're still on the fence about starting a fall garden, but lucky for you, we are going to tell you how long your garden is going to last throughout the year in the fall if you plant correctly. And we're going to give you exact dates. Not really, but we're going to give you a good guide right here on the Backyard Gardens podcast. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens podcast, where we talk about all things gardening. We're your hosts, Ben and Batavia, and you can find me gardening in the country. And you'll find me gardening in the city. Get ready as we dig deep into this wonderful world of gardening, where we learn to grow and grow for change. All right. So two types of listeners for this episode. If you are on the fence or not thinking a fall garden is worth your while, we're going to change your minds. I'm stating it. Done. If you are already planting a fall garden and you are a fan, this is like your encore. You're going to be like, yes, and high-fiving us and all of this through the episode. So get ready. Okay. I got my <laughs> big boy drop. pants on for this one. Yeah. Mic drop, man. They're, they're great expectations well, for this episode. Yes, there are. And I want to say one thing. Thank you for being with us. This is the Backyard Gardens podcast. I am Ben Gardner, and I'm with my lovely co-host, Miss Batavia. And we are a listener-supported show. So come check us out on Patreon. Get two episodes free, a bunch of other stuff, extra episodes. You can look at our Teespring link below, buy some swag and stuff like that for Backyard Gardens and help support the show to keep us going so we can bring you this quality, superb content. I did throw up a little bit in my mouth at the last part, but that's okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this is... If I wish, honestly, when I was starting a pod not a podcast when i was starting uh fall gardens that i would have heard some kind of reassurance like i hope we give today you know what i mean i know what you mean i'm trying to figure out if that's my answer as well we'll just go with your answer for now yeah i mean because you know we we've talked look i am not going to go through this whole episode stutter and i promise everybody <laughs> uh <laughs> we We've gone through all of Fall Garden, not all of it, but a lot of it. And one thing that kind of rang out in my head is like expectations Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. the unknown of doing something like this. And basically, it feels when you plant for fall, like you're flirting with death (laughs) for your plants. You know what I mean? Like you're pushing the envelope. You're asking too much of your garden. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you're just waiting for the cold to come Mm -hmm. and it's going to be frigid and we're all going to hate it. And we're going to be drinking hot tea and Batavia is going to be wearing socks and Mm -mm, no, it's just going to, yeah, that's the first sign of this is for you. This is going to be a success because we're well into winter before I put on socks. So I'm still very much in a happy place. Um, that's the reason why fall is so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't wear, um, sleeves until I have to. So there's that too. If you haven't noticed, um, by the way too, you can come check us out on YouTube and you can see me sleeveless or sleeved and then you'll know what season it is and you'll be supporting the show. So there you go. That's so weird, but yeah, it is super weird. You can do that. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) 
So it's funny because the screen froze mm-hmm. and I can hear your voice, but you have this crazy look on your face mm-hmm. of disapproval. No, it didn't freeze. That that look is just I'm holding that look. That's how oh, you're just gonna uh-huh. hold it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, fall gardening. How long will it last? All the way until the bitter end. That's the short answer. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I guess, so the question is kind of, um, I hate to throw back to this, but you know when your pepper plants are done, you know when when your tomato plants are done, right? You know when your lettuce, even when it comes to um, spring planted lettuce, you know when that's done, right? You know, they're telltale signs like dead plants, you know, or bolted plants. Uh, Fall is a little bit trickier because it's almost like those plants kind of again they do flirt with the end right you come out yeah. and things may look bad depending on what your weather is like and but the key here is don't give up on them you know a, lo- a lot of them probably still got a little bit more you know vegetable to give if you will that yeah. seems so clever in my head <laughs> it, it came across pretty clever mm-hmm. i mean it's and again i do have to set this up we are talking about appropriately planted vegetables so there is that Mm -hmm. and flowers Mm -hmm. so there are appropriate flowers for this season and we if you didn't listen to it and you go back uh one episode at some point you will hear when we tell you the point in which your fall garden will actually start to thrive so um just a quick recap on that it's you know you plant them it's still warm they struggle they struggle and then all of a sudden it like clicks mm-hmm. and then things start to really improve. They start to look better, more flush, more green. Um, plump is a good word for the leaf vegetables and stuff like that. So, um, you know, that, at that point, it's it's because we told you like, hey, it's going to be when it gets cooler, this, that and the other. It's at that point and it's natural in my mind to start thinking like... Oh crap! It's gonna. It's it's almost done. But that's not really necessarily the case. Yeah, like so. Uh, a good example is, and I know that you've shifted back and forth uh, depending on the season and the vegetable. Like I typically use the cut and come again method when it comes to leafy greens, right? So I'm cutting from the outer leaves of the plant, leaving the center, the core, to continue to grow. Does it make sense for me to do that? Should I be harvesting, you know, the entire plant since you know it's 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 only got so much longer to live, right? You know, yeah. that's that's what I would think, but that may not be the way. Hmm. Yeah, and I mean to be clear, I haven't shifted. I'm testing this year. No. Oh. So. Yeah, I was trying to wrap my uh, way around that so you didn't sound wishy washy. Um, <laughs> I'm okay with being oh, wishy washy. Actually, it was more so if you just basically aborted that whole mission. You know, I wanted to be, give you some room for that. So No, no, I did not abort that mission. And to be clear, I am I am not a politician, so I am allowed to be wishy-washy all I want. Mm-hmm. Because as I learn new things and I test new things, new techniques will come about. So I don't believe that there is ever an expert gardener out there. I believe that we will all learn what works for us and then we will make those changes accordingly for our gardens. And if we decide that it doesn't work, you have my permission to go back and do it the way you were doing it before. You've got my vote candidate. There it is. (laughs) Ben Gardner for president, 2048. (laughs) As long as I'm still vertical. (laughs) So 
Yeah. Um, when you started, so how many years have you been doing a fall garden? Uh, attempt since fall 2018. So that's, so this will be the fifth, now? the fifth, eight, nine, 10, 13, 14, yeah, 28, f- 29. This will be the fifth fall. <laughs> yeah. This will be the fifth fall. And what's the um, longest that you've gotten crops out of your garden in the wintertime? Not a specific crop, but just something. Not counting things that overwintered and sprung back up the next year. The longest is probably December 30th, December 31st. So we didn't talk about that before, but I want to come back to that later on in the episode. Things that come back in the spring. Okay. I think we should we talk that. about that a little bit, too, mm-hmm. because that's a very interesting concept, too, did, especially because of your climate. Yeah. Did Leonard clear that, though? Le- Leonard? Okay. Leonard got no saying nothing. Right, keep so on saying that. it. When you realize that whole Give section. Give some water, Leonard. Look, when that whole section is edited out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, for me, I can harvest a crop all through the year of some sort. But there's some things that will come back in the spring as well. But it's a it's an ebb and flow. So mm-hmm. there will be a certain point in the fall in which things, you know, the majority of everything will grow. But as it gets colder and colder, there will definitely be things that die off. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why this episode is super important because or this series is because we can talk about how that will change you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like planning your garden and getting things into your garden at the right time based on how cold hardy they are Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. does that make sense yes Mm -hmm. okay i was just making sure because it made complete sense in my head but i kind of struggled getting it out Mm -hmm. so yeah um when you go to plant your fall garden as of right now What's the first things you put in your garden in the fall for the fall? Uh, let's talk about what I I am doing this year. Let's just speak in those terms because I've had okay. a lot of mixed yeah. results. Um, That's good. Radishes first in first out. Okay. Oh, do I, radishes am I for going you? through a list? No, I mean, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's um and see, here's the this is where we're different. So, um, again, if you're new to the show. I'm in zone seven or eight A, and Miss Batavia is in zone six A. So, yeah, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> so, for me, it's a little bit different. So, I plant my Brussels sprouts first mm-hmm. because I cannot get them in the spring. I can only get them in the fall if I'm lucky. So, I have to get those out first. And so, that gives me a good. You know, that's a good benchmark for me. Once those start going in, then I know that I'm kind of working towards a fall planting. Yeah. So um, and for all of the reasons that I have, the list of reasons I have about, you know, moving away from Chicago at some point in the future. One of the great benefits as a gardener is in my specific area, because I'm not going to speak to all of Chicago. I'm not going to speak to all of Illinois. I am able to grow some of these things all throughout the growing season. So while this is the first year I've actually planted Brussels sprouts, I'm looking at Brussels sprouts forming and they were put in the garden first week of May. And so I've 
I just I, I shudder every time I say research when I know I just looked up a couple of websites, but I did look on the interweb um, and I have seen the recommendation of even planting my Brussels sprouts about the time you're planting yours. So like the July-ish time frame, maybe you're planting them a little bit later. Um, so I have seen that recommendation for the Midwest and specifically for Illinois. Um, yeah. And I imagine I would still have time. I've not tried it, but I imagine I would still have time. But that it gives me an edge for fall gardening, to be quite frank, because yeah. some of the things that I've planted earlier in the year you know, still have an opportunity to thrive. <laughs> um, and it gives me a little bit more comfort as I continue to ease into in like planting new things, sowing new seeds that are meant to basically grow at some point as we close out summer going into fall. Cause those are two different yeah. experiences. A, a plant that is eight weeks old is a lot different than a plant that's three or four months old. Yeah, it really is. And for me, um, I, I plant my Brussels sprouts, like I'm supposed to plant them mid July ish. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, at the time of this recording, um, which is when, when are we, what day is this? It's August right now. Mm -hmm. I am waiting still to get them in because we're having like high nineties and stuff and it's just going to put undue stress onto that plant so even though i've had this specific time frame that's recommended i'm still waiting and at the same time i'm still having them grow inside so Mm -hmm, don't trip mm -hmm. like i'm still i'm I'm making progress but they're not in their final spot getting comfortable and spreading their roots yet but that will change Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. over time you know what i mean so as it gets a little bit cooler and when i say a little bit like i mean it's got to start dipping below the nineties a little bit or yeah, below the nineties, <laughs> I'll get them out and then it can still go up after that, but I need to give them time to get pretty comfortable in their spot Yeah, before I go to put them out. So, you know, there's, there's a change that occurs there. And then for like, so you do radishes first. I don't do those until much later. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So at the point of this recording is when I'm dropping radish seeds or at the, excuse me, at the point of this video or this uh, episode airing, if I got my time right, like I've either just planted radish, radish seeds, or I have, um, I'm about to, and we're talking about the quick turn ones. We're not talking about some of the larger radishes that, you know, take 60 70 80 days we're talking about some of the ones that are going to be smaller your cherry bale your french breakfast things of that nature and i have planted them at different points i've planted them as late as october and they just didn't have enough time to produce before the weather got them Um, i've planted them and it's funny because october and i probably can go back and look at the particular date but october doesn't seem like it's that far from september where we are now but the way yeah. that the weather shifts made a, a, a big difference. I had great success makes- last year with first week of September dropping those seeds. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure I came back around for a second sowing. No luck. A couple of years prior to that, same idea. Um, there is something to be said about kind of how long your your garden is going to thrive, how long your fall garden is going to last. The stage of maturity that plants in and and your area really plays a huge role in that yeah i mean that's the thing is some a lot of these things need to get more mature before they can pick up on this cold weather and make it through so um the next thing that i put in my garden would be lettuce 
So I'll, I'll get or, or let me rephrase that broccoli, then lettuce. Mm-hmm. You know my broccolis and cauliflowers, cabbages. Those um, damn, I totally had missed three before I even got to lettuce. That's messed up. <laughs> but those will go in next because they take longer, and then the lettuces will go in. But it's still pretty warm when they go in. Because as it gets cooler, those are the first ones that I, from my experience, that really get affected by um, lower temperatures. Mm-hmm. When I say lower, I mean like, you know, below, let's say 30, 29 degrees, you'll start getting a little bit of dieback. But you need to remember, no matter what your zone is, that for me in my area, I get warmer in the daytime so then they can rebound. Mm-hmm. So some people like Batavia may not actually get that warmer weather that day. When I say warmer, I mean, it'll be 29 degrees and it'll be 65, 70, mm-hmm. 75 degrees. So that'll kind of plump them back up. And I don't have a lot of at bats. So we said 2018, this would be the fifth uh, fall and I haven't tried the exact same things using the exact same methods all of those years um, but I will just share where I am now um, it's a bit more of a struggle for fall my timing has to be a bit more precise for vegetables that are going to form ahead you know right. so all of those cauliflowers and broccolis and cabbage um, as of last year I planted out cabbage a small transplant um, and there was some growth, but very little. Like I know what a cabbage plant looks like, you know, as it right. grows. Um, and the a combination of where I planted it probably, but just the weather at that stage um, really didn't give me an opportunity, my plant an opportunity to really take off and even get close to forming a head. Uh, shoot, I think it snowed before the leaves got of any size, you know, which interestingly enough, you know, cabbage plants, again, hardy. Um, but had that plant been further along, I may have had a chance. I'm uber curious about that, though. So I'm going to continue to try uh, to see what that timing looks like. Right. So now that we've, you know, we talked in the last episode about when they'll thrive. So you have that benchmark and it may be, again, it's, it's an alien thought that like, Hey, it's getting cold, but these vegetables are still going to grow. But the next natural thought process, at least what I think we came up with was, you know, how long is it going to make it Mm -hmm. through the season? Because... We're going to talk about that right now, but then we're going to talk about some like easy, um, very easy season extending methods and stuff like that that can help you produce it longer. That's going to be cheap, mm-hmm. but it, it it varies by vegetable. Yep. Okay, so a lot of times, like, and I can speak by my experience. I've 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 gardened in zone six and eight, but I'm currently in eight, so that's where my mind's really focused. So. 
you know, your roots and stuff like that, they're generally a little bit more, um, what's the right, hardy is the mm-hmm, right term. Mm-hmm. Hardy against that cold. But, you know, I, I will get temperatures down into um, the 20s, you know, hey, low that, 20s, teens. For the sake of this episode, let's kind of put some parameters around cold okay. and kind of warm and hot. Um, so what are you defining as cold? Um, let's. Oh, man, that is a difficult question, but that is a good question. I got a, a pencil out. I'm ready to write it down. When does that ever happen? Damn, I don't think that should happen. <laughs> I don't think we should be writing anything down. No, seriously. Um, I think that for me, when we talk about fall gardening mm-hmm. and cold, let's let's talk about. And you feel free to disagree with me, like low twenties to upper teens. Like that's going to be considered like cold. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then let's say for daytime, let's call temperatures f- mid forties to sixty. I know it's a broad range, but I think you know the sixty would be the upper end of warm. Is that good with you? Sure, I wouldn't have gone that cold, that low for cold, but for this conversation, I'm I'm comfortable with it. Well, and that that's, comes from my experience in my garden. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. But the caveat with that is, again, I get those fluctuating temperatures, so it'll dip down that cold, but it won't stay that cold during the day. Because I know in Zone 6, where I lived in New England, it would get down to 19 at night, and it'd be 21 the next day as a high. Yeah. Yeah, and that's actually a pretty good indicator. So mid-September through mid-December is what we're calling fall time, right? We're going by U.S. standards for fall time. Um, And and again, it doesn't we don't have to be specific. I think for the conversation, it's helpful to to be able to say we're talking about the teens to the low 20s. And that's what we're talking about, cold weather um, versus, you know, because I would call that freezing. Right. You know, but again, we've talked about this as cold and, and, and warm. But I think I love the idea of, you know, what, what did you say? 30s to 60s is cool. Yeah. And that I love it because you never talk about that as like, 30s is never in my mind cool but for these vegetables it is yeah yeah Yeah. you don't want something like constant 80s for this and you're spot on so in your space it's like a cold snap right i'm looking back at my notes to see make sure i'm I'm looking at cold it's like a cold snap meaning your temperature is going to get back up to this warmer yeah warmer temperature during the day and that's really critical because your vegetables only need to sustain themselves for a period of time, right? And we're, we're not talking about things that once it's below 32 degrees Fahrenheit, it's going to kill them. We're not talking about that because we're talking about these cool weather crops. Um, whereas, like, to your point, if I get down to this cold temperature, if I get into t- the 20s, I may not reach above freezing for two or three days. And that's really key because having a two or three period, two or three day period it could be damaging to vegetables in my space compared to yours, right? Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so to be clear, those l- cold temperatures for me don't really come until January mm. and February. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I will say, but on the opposite spectrum, and this is the unsexy subject, is the amount of sun that I'm getting during that time is a big hindrance to my garden too. So there's that to keep in mind as well. 
Um, but you know, some of the plants will take that cold temperature and, um, some of them won't, you know, like we've already stated, like lettuce, I don't think takes that cold temperature very well at all. Most varieties don't. Yeah. You could get a cold tolerant, like, I don't even know the correct term. I, I know there's warm tolerant and I think it's cold hardy variety, but we've discussed that on the show a few times, and that's up for major debates about how effective that is. We've definitely um, not um, we've definitely not tried growing all lettuces in these temperatures. Um, and while generally speaking, for the normal, I'm, I'm calling you not normal, the normal description of kind of cold, cold hardy or frost tolerant is a, a term I see on frost yeah, that's yeah. it on seed packets. There are a lot of lettuces that are frost tolerant, which is closer to that 32 degrees Fahrenheit. But when you get down to what we we're describing as cold, I mean, I've seen lettuce give up. You know, and tap out. Yeah. Again, there may be some varieties out there because, you know, there's always someone that's like, you know, I'm in Alaska and I'm digging snow up and harvesting my lettuce um, and kudos and drop that that uh, variety in a, into us in an email. Um, but that's a it's a great example of what you should be expecting and how long it's going to thrive. Going back to when I hijacked your opening <laughs> talking about yeah. <laughs> yeah should I be using cut and come again there is no different than any other year time of year you're gardening there is an order into the way you harvest right you know so the things you plan on using first you harvest first yeah and so for me and my garden I'm always going to try to uh, get the lettuce out while it's still thriving continue to use it but I know that I'm not going to be harvesting lettuce in my space <laughs> or will I in January right so if I do nothing if I just let the garden go and, and watch it from the window that lettuce in my area isn't going to survive because I'm beyond cold by then repeated right. days you know and now as long as I'm getting sun in the portion of where I'm planting something and it warms up during the day then it's generally speaking it's going to be okay but I'm going to start to see damage and I'm going to start to see like rotting leaves on mm-hmm, it. But then you mm-hmm. have like collards mm-hmm. that do just fine. Yeah. They grow all winter here. So you have that, you know, it's like I've said this many a times on the show and I'll say it again. Um, my cabbages, they will grow and they will all winter. I mean, we've gotten down to 14 degrees, which, OK, let's call that extreme cold. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they just go to sleep. They look a little rough, but they come back. And they continue to grow as it warms up. But I still get those warming days. So I think what, you know, on a broad spectrum, let's just, without narrowing anything down, let's, if tell me if you're comfortable with this. Let's say if you're warming up during the day above freezing and getting sun, then that plant will continue to grow and not take as much damage from the cold. I don't know that I I have a big question mark around what continues to grow once we get to a certain part. I get your the generalness that you're using here. There's continued yeah, sun. Very general. Right. You know, the temperatures are warming up again, 30 degrees Fahrenheit to 60 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, 
I think that if you're on the higher end of that consistently, you may still experience some growth because we know in the spring, you know, a plant's going to grow when it's 50 degrees. We know that, you know. Yeah. Um, so but I am a bit cautious there. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride with you on this one. I'm in the passenger seat. Yeah, and seat. I think I think even just to get the same. I'm pressing warm, the brake I mean, every now and again with my foot. You know, the one that's on the passenger okay. side. But yeah, I'm with you. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. <laughs> pump the brakes. This is driver's ed. We're good. <laughs> but I think you can even cut that. You know, as I as we say, sixty and sixty and sixty. I think that's unrealistic for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So I mean, let's drop it down to fifty or fifty-five. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I think that's a solid fall number for our, for a high temperature. Um, but then you have to think about these, these, you know, the varieties again. So it's like your kales, um, broccoli is really thrive when it's cool. And then, I mean, my broccolis, they will, if it gets down into that cold temperature range, um, they will start to die back at the lower end of it. So that will happen. You know, you'll start to get some leaf die back. And then what happens with that is the issue is with, you know, broccoli, cauliflower, um, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, anything that forms. I don't want to call it a fruit, but like a head. Let's call it a head. Mm-hmm. Once you start losing those leaves, you yeah. the plant loses the ability to create energy to build that head. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So there becomes a part, a time when you start seeing that dieback where it's like, okay, it's clear that this is what's going on. And we have to be forward thinking and looking at the weather and saying, okay, well, what's it going to be doing next couple of days? Is it going to be a little bit warmer? Is if it's going to get colder? And sometimes you just have to harvest a small head of broccoli, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know? And if you want to do the side shoot route, then you can just leave it in the ground and see what happens. I mean, it's no harm, no foul at that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. But kale is another very hardy plant that will grow in my garden all year round or all all um, fall and winter, not all year. Let, don't let me trip. <laughs> um, turnips. I'm a big turnip grower. So same thing. Once those leaves die back, it gets kind of tough. You know what I mean? Because they've got to form that root. And still that's feed that, yeah, feed that root. And still quite feed, literally, yeah. yeah, feed that root. So I think that's really the time frame for me is I think the big judgment in my mind, at least in my garden, in my zone, in my climate, is when you start getting those warmer days to kind of thaw things out. Because you had mentioned in your video um, that you had done on Be Better Garden that... <clears throat> You um, you went back out there after a couple hours mm-hmm. of it thawing and everything looked fine. Yeah, you know. But let's say we did a video um that said like here this is three days after it and there has been no thawing, and then you come back and in a, a day where it thaws or something like if you wanted to take that on and see how that worked out for you, it may not be as as um a successful of a harvest off that. You know, it'd be interesting to see. Cause I don't really have to deal with that. So, and if I do, then I know that it's like, okay, it's, it's done. You know what I mean? It's just, it is what it is. Yeah. I'm looking back and, um, I actually have like a clip, you know, 15 or 20 seconds when I was looking at my garden on January 1st, the garden was a complete wreck, but I could still see kale, curly kale standing upright leaves were, yep. you know, taut and I can still see, um, 
cabot or excuse me collards standing upright so the key right. is like how long is it going to last and i keep on going back to the if the leaves or the plants look bad doesn't mean you're done and i also was searching my favorite when you said it's not sexy i thought you were talking about the time and date website so i was searching the past weather and i never bring that website up <laughs> and as i look through december for my garden last year we absolutely had multiple days that were below that were freezing, that lows were um, in the 20s, right? You know, um, but it was many days where our highs got to the 40s and 50s, right? So it was that constant thing, which is pretty typical for us throughout the month of December. And that's important because even though we had snow throughout that month, right? Because snow is, I mean, for these cold, hardy vegetables, not just frost tolerant, but cold, hardy vegetables, Snow ain't nothing for them, you know? Um, So I say that to say you could still have your garden thriving and your fall garden, again, fall garden, meaning you planted it for the purpose of fall, right? Because clearly by then, December 31st, we're already into winter. Uh, But these are plants that were out there unprotected. I didn't have any lettuce back at that point. Um, And I think my my chard had had tapped out by then. Um, but, But for sure, those two examples of plants um, I was still I can look at the way that they were kind of you could see so much of the stem I was harvesting it again cut and come again Um, but to my earlier point at some point what are you waiting for what are you saving it for right and so this is a part of for that that bit of the audience that's trying this out for the first time I mean I'm good with you if you want to harvest the whole head of whatever the whole plant right like you're consuming it all the same especially when we're still toying around with how much growth there is because if there's no new growth in that moment you know at that time frame all you're doing is storing the plant in your plants in your garden right um the best thing though is by this time of year once we get into your novembers and decembers and you're getting that the if you're getting the the cold temps for sure, but even if you're getting kind of that warm, I think we've settled in on 30 to 50 degrees Fahrenheit, um, your insect trouble is it's taking care of itself for the most part. Um, so I said that to say, you know, continue to store it if you want, but don't have any shame in harvesting and saying, all right, I've gotten everything out of my fall garden. Yeah. So I disagree with you on the insect thing because it, as it gets colder, I, they don't go away from me. Well, I think because it warms back up. Yeah, they can, very good they can point. burrow in and do that. So it's different for everybody. So that video you mentioned, I can remember coming back in after the freezing temps for like a night or two or something. And I saw wiggling cabbage worms. So it yeah. didn't kill them, but it's that repeated freezing, which again is a great. Uh, example of how your weather is different from mine as is you know I'm sure your weather is different than some people that are listening and it's different for you know my weather is different than some folks that are listening oh it sets yeah, one on, more example of why we make such a great duo I was I'm on the t- time and date and I can't find my um, previous weather from last year where do I look at that at? Uh, if you search under um, past do you past weather time and date if you search for that, like in Google, it should pull up a chart for your existing weather. It'll show like the past two weeks. Yeah. And then there is a select month over on the right hand side and you can scroll down to whichever month you want. And it goes back some years. 
Oh, okay. It's the window that I have here is it's my screen's getting mega cluttered. Yeah, it's easier, okay, much so easier I'm, on a computer. Are people still using computers? Or are we just using phones? I am. <laughs> I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to abort that mission and check on it later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I remember last year, like getting it. Like I remember getting the cabbage worm and being like, "Oh no, no, no!" Uh-huh. And then I remember seeing like, "Oh, it's okay. We're going to get some freezing weather." And we would go out there a couple days later and they'd still be there. And I'd be like, all right. And I'd have David out there. I'd be like, all right, our job is to squish them all. <laughs> you know, so we'd go out there and squish them all and everything. And, you know, <clears throat> but if we if we take this benchmark of the warming of the days and saying, like, this is really going to be like the big killer mm-hmm. across the board. Right. We've, you know, we've kind of said that, like, your lettuces any, you know, they're the first to go. Um, your collards and kale can be the last to go and cabbages and stuff like that. But let's say that you're getting 30 degree days, mm-hmm. 28 degree days. Well, we can extend that in the daytime and warm that area up. And then that creates a couple of things. So one, we can warm that area up by as much as 15 to 20 degrees during the day. And this is, it can be pretty dangerous, but it's super cheap to do. Um, and you can put a row cover on like a low tunnel over your uh, garden bed. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, it was for me, I have a four by eight bed. It was six, two foot rebar stakes, three, um, eight foot, one and a half inch PVC pipe, a sheet of plastic. Now thickness matters based on where you mm-hmm. live. So remember that the thicker, the more insulation. Say that again. Thickness matters. That's right. No, Thickness matters. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and then you know some like two bricks or something to hold it down at the end. And you're creating in the daytime when the sun hits it, it'll trap that mm-hmm. heat and warm that space up. Now you do have to be careful because it'll warm it up very fast. Yeah. So you may actually have to vent it, but at night. If you put like a bucket of water in or something, like during the day, you keep a bucket of water in there and at night it'll actually release that heat slowly and it'll keep it, you know, maybe a degree warmer, but a degree makes a big difference, right? Yeah. And- a degree makes a big difference. And you, you can even put something in there like uh, Christmas lights mm-hmm. or an incandescent light bulb at night and then that will warm the ambient temperature in there and you can really extend it. I mean, you've done it in your area, so how does it work for you? You know this is my jam, and, you know, I appreciate you bringing it up in the last quarter of the episode because, you know, I could go on and on about this. So I've not done the uh, water buckets. I've not done the lights, um, and but I have... Last year, I didn't extend it at all, uh, but the year before that, and the year before that, and the year before that, I think, um, same setup I use, but I use PVC pipes solely. Um, three, let's see, four PVC pipes for about the same size bed. Mine's seven foot by four foot. And a couple of zip ties will do it. I've used a couple of other things to basically lock down um, some clamps to connect the PVC pipe to the bed and then plastic. Um, and it absolutely etched, you know, am I going to get teary eyed about this? It just, it's, it's happiness, right? So this is the key here though. I have done this over and over on large vegetables and, um, there is an issue when your larger vegetables are touching that plastic, You'll yeah. get that, like, um, it'll look like, not crystallized, but um, 
when the leaves will look kind of clear. There's a, an actual yeah. word that describes that, but you guys get my point. Um, so when vegetables are younger and the plants are smaller, this is perfect. And that's actually something I'm trying to crack the code for this year. Um, other ways to manage against that. If you have some hardy vegetables, like my beloved collards, I know. Make it a drinking game, guys and gals. Have some fun with it. Um, you could put a sheet over it first and then the plastic, right? So I am using not true greenhouse uh, plastic, which at some point when I run out of what I have, which is going to be a while, I'll probably invest in that. I am using six millimeter regular plastic. You'd buy it at a home improvement store. I'm using three millimeter. Okay. Six millimeter from a home improvement store, like what you use to cover windows. I mean, you guys did that when you were younger too, when you were in uh, Massachusetts, covering windows with oh, plastic. Oh, I can tell you a whole story oh. about that. It was miserable. <laughs> we had a $500 heating bill. We put all that stuff on there and our house never got above 52 degrees. Oh, wow. It was horrible. Oh, yeah. Good night. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so with that set up. And again, this we're, I'm just going to make it one more plug. Search the channel for low tunnels on Be Better Garden. I have a video and one of the longer versions of my videos. Aren't they all? <laughs> I actually yeah. am. I don't do a bunch of how, how to's on my channel, but this is one where I'm walking through step by step. Super easy. I can do a lot of things, but carpentry isn't exactly my thing. But I was able to do this in an afternoon um, and it really extended the growth excuse me, extended the life of those plants. So the question is, how long is it going to last? A lot longer. I mean, what do we figure out last time? My answer is going to be different. A lot is not an answer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't remember what I said. So if you heard what I said the first time when, when Ben asked me this, don't, if I say something different now, don't hold it against me. I mean, we're talking about a couple of weeks. So it could be the difference. How about this? And having some green vegetables for winter, uh, for Christmas, on your Christmas uh uh, table that could be the difference How about this let's call it let's call it good and collards in uh, january 1st because that's always good luck and brings you money if you eat collards on january 1st supposedly black eyed peas are the luck uh collards are the money black eyed peas are luck collards are the yeah. money yeah, yeah. But I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I ain't got no money, so um, there's a little bit of I don't normally eat collars on... There it is. I don't normally eat collars on New Year's Day. Yeah. I'm out here with gumbo. So That's it, my problem. So I bring up two things with that, too. So you have... You probably have a brace going across the top. That's the fourth. That's the fourth right. uh, I don't, pole. And you know why I don't? Because I don't get snow. Come on. You better tell them what I know. Yeah. So there you go. There's that. And then I use three millimeter. Now listen to this, everybody. Mm -hmm. Listen close. Turn up just a notch. I actually am sorry. I could help myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually considering not doing it this year because it got too hot mm -hmm. in there, and I spent most of the winter with it off, with the plastic off of it. So that being said, I may put, I may put one back up. I'm actually. In part of my uh, fall gardening series, I'm going to move that to another section and I may put it up, but with the anticipation of like, I may not use it, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, it's there in case I need it type situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was looking back because if I'm listening, my question is, all right, when do you put it on? Right. If you're doing this t type of extension and the place you're in, how cold your temperatures get and how long they stay cold is going to dictate the wind. So that first, um, remember I said it was like November the 1st, 2nd or 3rd or something like that. I got 
down to, you know, below 32 degrees Fahrenheit. I didn't cover any of that with plastic. I think I came in and covered some mustard plants with like um, towels, just laying the towel straight over it, you know, no structure or anything. Um, But the years I have covered like with a whole set of plastic and the hoops and everything, I mean, it was continued uh, below um, freezing, not below zero. Yeah. I've not been able to manage that, but below freezing, like, you know, I'm getting into the twenties for sure, night overnight, and more importantly, day over day. So if you're really dedicated, uh, first of all, if you ask the question, when should I set it up right now? Go spend 20 bucks, get everything you need. That's right. 20 bucks, everybody, and set it up and just have it ready to use. And if you start getting those cool nights, you can just throw over your plastic and then you extend Mm -hmm. like that first dip. You technically won't have a freeze, you know, once it gets to 30, you know, I'm not, I'm going to say that you can keep it two degrees warmer. So with two degrees warmer, if it gets down to 30 for a week, you've never made it below 30 in that space. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you know, 20 bucks has done that for you. So you can really extend it. And the way to look at, like you say, it's like a couple weeks, now, it is a couple weeks, but it's a couple weeks on each side. Yeah. You know, it's a couple weeks before the frost. It's a couple weeks after the cold. Right. So remember, we're talking we're not talking about 32 here. We're talking about what we consider cold. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're keeping it above there. And then it'll be set up in the spring. And if you leave it covered through the winter and you do some minimal care for it, I mean, there's a chance that you can grow through it through a lot of the winter, providing you don't get super cold. Now, when I lived in New England, I did a test with this um, where I put a five gallon, I put two five gallon buckets in a four by eight bed, one in each corner. And in those, I put aquarium heaters as well. And I, I turned those on just to keep that water warm. And it made a huge difference. I was growing all the way until... Um, the end of March and we had below zero temperatures and I was still getting uh, spinach, chard, stuff like that out of the garden. I wasn't getting a whole, whole lot, but I was getting it. And so that made, you know, I, <clears throat> I did move the next year, which I couldn't move fast enough. <laughs> but I had that opportunity to test that and it did work. And I would go out there and there would be four feet of snow on the ground. I would dig it out because the snow also insulates it. And it would be nice and, you know, compared to outside, it'd be warm and uh, the soil would not be frozen. It would be moist. Yeah. A part of this benefit is it's not uh, great for the plants, for the soil to continue to freeze, thaw, freeze, thaw, freeze, thaw. That's the reason why it's helpful to have this type of extension method, um, because the intent would be up until kind of when you're calling it, you know, up until the end of that fall garden for you, you're trying to keep it so the soil doesn't freeze, you know, with the extension um, methods that we're talking about. And they're obviously beyond um, plastic and maybe as one of the initial steps, and I have it this year, but I haven't used it, right? But I plan to use it coming into this winter is like your traditional row covers that are supposed to provide like, x degrees like they sell it like down to 28 degrees fahrenheit down to 24 degrees like the level of thickness uh differs per um temperature setting it's supposed to provide protection for and just also keep in mind for those things no different than the plastic you are now getting less sun for those plants right because of the whatever the thickness is that you're purchasing 
Right. And that can be detrimental this time yeah. of year. It's, um, so I've, a, I've had a little success, not a whole lot with containers. Um, the most success I've had with containers, and we're not talking about like, you know, some roots have been pretty okay in some containers as we get off into like going from fall to winter now. Um, but what I have done as a trick is depending on your garden setup, you, you're probably going to have some open space. And so I've put containers that are growing things that I may have planted in the fall that still have life in them inside of a raised bed and even taking it a step further and said, I'm going to cover that. Um, I love, 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 love uh, the idea of set it up now. You're still in the mood for gardening, right? You're still feeling it. You're, you still got your mojo. Um, I leave my hoops up all year long. I use them once we get yeah. into the regular part of spring and summer for different types of protections. Remember, if you've been here for any amount of time, you know I'm, I'm all about the cover. Uh, so uh, they're definitely, you know, there's easy enough to to take apart and then store somewhere as well. Um I left mine up all all year so they could um, mold that bend real well mm-hmm. and I wouldn't have to reshape them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a, you know, there's a method you can use. And I mean, I want to be very clear in what I'm going to say right now. This is not a greenhouse. Mm-mm. You will not be able to grow without any additional heat in there mm-hmm. um, and significant heat, tomatoes and peppers and stuff like that. Like, that's just not going to happen. But. You also need to vent it. So it will be an extra step, but you may have to get up in the mornings and open it up. But you're talking about a really cheap method yeah. here that can go through. And this isn't for everybody. Like, I get it. Like, it's it's cool if you don't want to do it, but we would be remiss to have this whole conversation and not tell you how to not only when your fall garden will last till like what is the final killer but how to avoid that and set it up so like for instance my greenhouse which is it's called a greenhouse but it's nothing more than a big version of this in the middle of winter it'll be you know we'll get days where it's you know 35 as a high it'll be 55 degrees inside of that greenhouse but the difference is at night when it's 20 It'll be 21 in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there is that. And there's that big fluctuation, which I think I'm going to try and make adjustments this year, but there's more to come on that maybe. To try and maybe keep it so it's four degrees warmer. You know, because for as if you go by our standard for what we said was cold, 20 to 24 is a big number. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's huge for these correct vegetables to be planting. So give it a shot. Give it a shot. So I have but, a couple of final notes before we go to the recipe of the day. I should have practiced that. Your voice that. isn't deep enough, but that's yeah. okay. All right. So uh, <laughs> absolutely with the venting, plants can overheat. It's still cold to you outside or to Batavia. Uh, but those plants with that sun hitting that plastic or whatever you've used, um, you could see wilted plants and it's a different level of wilting compared to when it wilts based on the cold. So keep that in mind. Um, it is something that I struggle with because shoot, once I'm inside and warm, I'm inside and warm, but keep that in mind as you, um, as you try these methods. And again, to Ben's point, it's not for everyone and that's okay. Um, the other point that I wanted to make was while we are wrapping up fall here, this is a great way, again, the extension and covering your beds to get a jump start on next year. Those beds will be, if you get freezing temps, if your soil freezes, those beds will 
uh, be thawed. What do they say? Like planted as soon as the soil is workable much sooner. Yeah. Right. There's a whole, we'll talk about that next year when it comes to the tips and tricks around that. Um, but you are going to make things easier for yourself in the following year as well. Um, I think that's what I got. Okay. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to, um, when we come back, we're going to do uh, Batavia's got the recipe and then I actually found my weather. So I'm going to give mm-hmm. you what my average temperatures were uh, throughout the fall and tell you when we got cold and stay cold. So I did find it. I got to look at it while she does it. But until then, we'll be right back with the recipe of the day. Extra deep for you. cabbage and onions cabbage right come on come on now come on all right so ingredients include uh, olive oil or some type of oil because we're going to saute these things a head of green cabbage of any sort you're going to use a small to medium onion some salt some red pepper flakes if you like it a little bit spicy as much garlic as you can stand so so a few cloves of garlic and hey ben's not going to use this but you can add some nutmeg to add a sweetness to it and then if you love that you remember that yeah i and i remembered the the last thing i wanted to say but i'll come back to it uh flat leaf parsley that's kind of a garnish, but it does definitely add some flavor. Uh, so you're going to heat your oil uh, in a skillet, you know, medium high. You just want to make sure that oil gets to be uh, kind of clear. You're going to chop up your onions. And when I mean chop, you can do chops or slices. It doesn't matter. You're going to get your cabbage together again, shredding it. You're going to be able to figure out how to cut cabbage. Ben always tells me I go into too much detail when it comes to that. (laughs) Take the core out. And um, so we're going to add both the onions and the cabbage at the same time. I know what you're thinking. Just go for it. Uh, You're going to have a huge skillet of cabbage, but it always shrinks down. So don't worry. Um, You're going to toss it around until you get probably half the size of what you originally started with. Once it starts to become more manageable, um, you're going to make sure because some of these bits, especially with the onions and the oil, is going to brown. But that's what we're going for. That caramelized taste and texture and look so you're going to be scraping the pan um, to get those brown bits mixed in Uh, you're going to cook it until your level of doneness i like sauteed cabbage pretty soft so i'm going to go probably 15 20 minutes if you like it with a little bite it may be more like 10 minutes as far as how long you're cooking it taste along the way stop when you realize hey this is the the texture that i want Uh, once you get to that point add your salt and red pepper flakes to your desire Um, once everything is incorporated as far as those seasonings um, you're going to cook for just a little bit longer just a couple more minutes and then you can add your garlic and nutmeg Um, that's going to be the final thing that's cooking this is the recipe that I'm reading I would have added my garlic a few steps above to be quite frank Uh, you're going to cook it and then just serve with the top with parsley Um, this is a great kind of cook it one way eat it today where it's caramelized you know as a side but because of the way we cut that cabbage up it can be stuffed later into any numbers of numbers of things it can be added to soup as a leftover so feel feel free to throw whatever servings you have left in the freezer and add them to a dish later on because it's going to have all of those flavors incorporated even more by then 
caramelized cabbage and onions. It sounds good. If you don't like ginger or um, nutmeg, nutmeg and, or you're like me and you're allergic to it. Like it, So if you want to kill me, feel free to send me some cookies or some pumpkin pie with nutmeg in it. But a ginger is a good substitute for that. Now that you say it, I don't remember if I even said when to put nutmeg in. Ginger and cinnamon is, is the mixture. So, um, okay. I've, I've done the deep dive. Wait, before you go there. Small amount. Okay. Herbs. We didn't talk at all about herbs, but you had a lot of herbs that are, are hearty. Not your basils. They can't stand it. <laughs> they don't want the cold, but things like parsley, things like oregano. I was looking back and I Rosemary. had them in a grow bag last year. I brought them indoors at some point in December, I think. They had been outside all that time. They definitely, I don't remember if we mentioned it during last week's episode either. They can thrive in those colder temps. Whoop, whoop, warm temps. I'm not going to go down there the road go. of like our, you know, 20s and teens, but definitely right above freezing. A little bit warmer. Yep. Time too. Time, time's mm-hmm. a good one. Okay. So here we go. <clears throat> My first frost last year. Um, so I, it's funny. I don't like time and date like you do. Clearly. I think it's, well, I think it's a crutch. Um, but what I'll say is it triggered me to remember that we didn't have a frost until really late last year. And, um, you can global warming or whatever. I don't know. Um, but our first frost did not come until, uh, Wednesday, the 24th of November, and that frost was 27 degrees. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a freeze, the, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, that was our first mm-hmm. anything below 32. Yeah. And then it was 52, and then it went up to 63 the next day. And and then, but if you go on from that, we definitely had like a period um, where it was getting into the 20s every night. And I remember that because I remember being like, damn. It, did, it just straight got cold mm-hmm. quick. Um, but then we went into December and it was 75 Christmas Day. You know, <laughs> I actually remember um, us talking about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and then every temperature at night, like there was only four, five, six days below 32. And they didn't even get into the 20s. And our highest temperature was in the seven, uh, 77 so it, it didn't go all really winter didn't totally kick. I mean, hell, at the um, New Year's Eve, it was 63 degrees at night. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we go into January and then I started getting into the colder weather. But even then it was. Yeah, it was consistently, you know, a couple days a week getting into the 20s and 30s at night. But we still had, you know, January 9th was 72 degrees. Mm-hmm. So Sunday, January 9th, it was 30 degrees. And then at 12 p.m., it was 72. So you're talking about a 42 degree temperature swing. Yeah. And then on top of that, you put a piece of plastic on it. You're talking about a 50, 60 degree temperature change. That's a huge swing. Yeah. And I remember clearly in the greenhouse, things began to bolt very fast. Mm-hmm. So that stress of it. I remember. Um, yeah. So I mentioned containers, you know, that's going to be the first thing that's going to freeze if it's just out in the elements or you're continuing to get freezing weather. But it just reminded me, I remember seeing a picture on Instagram uh, from Sir Purple, shout out to Sir Purple, um, where Uh he's in Florida, right? And so his exact address is, no, I joke. 
clearly I joke, uh, but he's in Florida and you don't think about these kind of things for it. I don't generally people in Florida, but he had some unseasonably cold weather. This is probably a couple of years ago and he was pulling containers into his garage. Right. So there are all kinds of ways. And the key with that is I would be doing that like every other day. But for him, he just needed to get over that hump of this kind yeah. of, you know, again, cold snap. Um, and then if you get past that hump, whether it's pulling it inside, if you have containers, whether it's growing and covering a bed, right, you may need to, you may be in a place where you may need to just get over this short period of time and then you're rocking and rolling like young Ben here. Yeah. And I didn't even in the month of March, um, it only got down below freezing twice. My coldest temperature last year, I'm not even going to go to April because I know that wasn't it. It was uh, 19 degrees. Mm -hmm. But the year before or the year before that, one of the two, my coldest temperature was 10. So, you know, that was a total wipeout. Like everything was done. So, and that's that. That is, that wraps up our uh, official fall gardening series. So if you haven't listened to the other episodes, go back. Listen to how much space we need for fall. Listen to all the things about seeds from saving to quick planting to direct sowing. Uh, when your fall garden will thrive. And then come back and listen to this one again. Or don't. But um, if you'd like to support us, check us out on Patreon, Teespring, and YouTube. All things for you. And uh, please support us because we are a listener-run show. By the way, ad-free show today just for you. But never, and, uh, thank- never a bail-free show. Never. Never. And thank you so much for being a part of the crew and being a gardener. You are part of the change. See ya. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please follow us on YouTube at Backyard Gardens TV. Instagram at Backyard Gardens TV. Over on our website, BackyardGardensTV.com. And then we have Patreon at Backyard Gardens. And don't forget to check out our links below to help the show. Thank you so much for joining us as we learn to grow and grow for change. Cut. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. If you guys want some Backyard Gardens gear, go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear. All purchases go towards helping to support the show, so thank you so much in advance, and we hope you enjoy. We want everybody to have a garden, and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck! We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners.